Hello, my name's Ardy Hayward and welcome to my podcast. I am a lover of the Bible and I love how God speaks to us through this amazing collection of writings. We may have read a certain passage over and over again and then suddenly we read it again and it's as if our eyes or our hearts have been opened to something that we hadn't seen before. I believe that is the Holy Spirit revealing a new level of truth to us through scripture. This is a short meditation where we look at a few verses in the Bible. My prayer as always is that you would hear God's voice in this podcast. We're going to have a look at a few verses from Exodus. Uh, we're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 through to Exodus chapter 4 verse 13. I am reading from the Amplified Version. So starting in Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. And if you do have a Bible with you, it might not be the Amplified Version, whichever version you have. It's always good to have it open at this passage um, because there might be something in there that uh, surprises you or grabs your attention that is different to what I am saying and that it may be that that God is wanting to to bring your attention to. So here we go Exodus chapter 3 uh, verse 1 onwards. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro his father-in-law priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, or Sinai, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was on fire, yet it was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn away from the flock and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned away from the flock to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then God said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet out of respect, because the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have seen, I have in fact seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their pain and suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a land that is good and spacious to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of plenty, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, 
and then bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I, that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve and worship God at this mountain. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, You shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Then God also said to Moses, This is what you shall say to the Israelites, The God, the, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go, gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. So I said I will bring you up out of the suffering and oppression of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, to a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders will listen and pay attention to what you say, and you with the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, so now please let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness, so we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless he is forced by a strong hand. So I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all of my wonders, which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. And I will grant this, this people favor and respect in the sight of the Egyptians. Therefore, it shall be that when you go. You will not go empty-handed. But every woman shall insistently ask her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and daughters. In this way you are to plunder the Egyptians, leaving bondage with great possessions that are rightfully yours. Then Moses answered the Lord and said, What if they will not believe me or take seriously what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? And he said, A staff. And he said, Throw it to the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a living serpent, like the royal symbol on the crown of Pharaoh. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he reached out his hand and caught it. It became a staff in his hand. You shall do this, said the Lord, so that the elders may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
the God of Jacob, has most certainly appeared to you. The Lord, the Lord also said to him, Put your hand into your robe where it covers your chest. So he put his hand into his robe, and when he took it out, his hand was leprous as white as snow. Then God said, Put your hand back into your robe again. So he put his hand back into his robe, and when he took it out, it was restored, and was like the rest of his body. If they will not believe you or pay attention to the evidence of the first sign, they may believe the evidence of the second sign. But if they will not believe these two signs or pay attention to what you say, you are to take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water which you take out of the river will turn into blood on the dry ground. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I'm not a man of words. I'm not eloquent or fluent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, and I, even I, will be your mouth, and will teach you what you shall say. But he said, Please, my Lord, send the message of rescue to Israel by someone else, whomever else you will choose. I find this passage very challenging. And it was only recently that I had read it, and like often happens, it's a story that I remember being told as a child about Moses and the burning bush. But it's not until I became an adult, or even more recently than that, as an older adult, when I read this passage and I thought, wow, how many of these things have I done? And maybe you have done as well. I think the first thing that grabs me in this is the way that God gets the attention of Moses. And it might be worth considering for a moment that at the time that Moses was living, fire was something that consumed what was on fire. Now that may sound obvious, but if you go into your kitchen and you turn the gas hob on or the gas cooker and to cook whatever it is, to boil the potatoes on the top or to cook an, a roast in the oven, once the meal is ready, you don't have to go out and buy another cooker, do you? Because it was just the gas that was burning. It wasn't anything more. Whereas in the time of Moses, it would have required uh, putting together some firewood and constantly replenishing that firewood in order to keep the fire going. So the fact that there was a bush on fire was probably not the thing that caught the attention of Moses. It was a fact that there was a bush on fire, but it was not being consumed. The fire was carrying on, but the bush stayed there intact. And that was the thing that Moses thought, huh, 
That's odd. I'm going to go and have another look at that. So Moses goes closer, and that's when this conversation happens. Moses is told by God that God has heard the suffering, he has seen the suffering, he has heard the cries of the people of Israel in Egypt, and he's coming to do something about it. Can you imagine how Moses was feeling at that point? How cool is this going to be? I'm going to be able to go back to friends and family and tell them I've heard from God and God is on his way and he's going to sort out these Egyptians. He's going to sort out the people that are oppressing us. And so in that moment, Moses is thinking, this is brilliant. God is coming with a solution. And then in verse 10, God delivers the bombshell to Moses. Yes, I am going to do something about it, and I'm going to do something about it through you, Moses. I can only imagine how Moses felt. His heart must have sunk as he thought, no, not me. I thought you were going to do something about it. But Moses answers with several questions. The first question is, who am I? The second question is, when they say who has sent me, who will I say has sent me? The next question is, well, what if they don't believe me? And then the last is, I don't have what is required in order to do this. And the challenge with this is that each one of those, even though God has said, I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to do something about it through you, Moses immediately turns it around as it's something that I have to do. And I don't have the words to say. I don't have the authority. I don't have the proof and I don't have the communication skills or the gifts in order to be able to do this. And I wonder how often do we limit what God is doing by only doing the things within our own capabilities? Well, we can't do that at church because we don't have the resources, we don't have the people, we don't have the time, we don't have the space, we don't have the ideas, we don't have the energy. Even though we believe it's what God wants us to do, we then look to within ourselves to find that which is required in order to complete the task. And in here, with these, with these different questions that Moses has asked, each time God says, I will provide, I will give you the things that you need in order to deliver this task in order to complete this task that I'm asking you to do. I will tell you what to say. I will give you the proof. I will give you the resources. I will be your mouth. We don't know exactly what it means in, in chapter 4 when Moses says, please, I'm not a man 
of uh, of eloquent words. I am a, a slow of speech and tongue. Maybe he had a stutter. Maybe he had a speech impediment. Maybe he he had something else. Maybe he wasn't confident. How often do we say exactly the same thing? I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do it. I remember hearing a phrase, if God has ordered it, he will pay for it. In other words, if God asks us to do something, he will provide the resources. And the amazing thing with this is that if we only do the things that we are capable of, more than likely, because of our nature, we will take the credit. If we think, oh, yes, I can do that, that's well within my abilities, within my gifts, within my resources, I can, I can achieve that. Isn't it likely that we will probably then say, yeah, that was me. I did that. But when it's something that is so far outside of our comfort zone, where when we start on this task or this journey or this project, we have absolutely no idea how we're going to be able to achieve it. If we're going to achieve it, we don't know where we're going to start as far as gathering together what is required in order to achieve it. When the time comes and this task has been done, there is only one outcome. The only outcome that we have is, if it wasn't for you, God, this wouldn't have happened. And that then leads us to concentrate on God and say, thank you. Wow. God, if it wasn't for you, this would not have happened. We don't know whether this was an audible conversation or whether this was a conversation that actually God had within Moses. Sometimes we, we use it as an excuse, don't we? we? We let ourselves off the hook by saying, well, I haven't heard God actually say that he wants me to do this or he wants me to go there. But have you ever had a moment where that idea has come into your head and at the same time that you've had that idea, the thought of it almost fills you with dread because it's just, it's a good idea, but it's something that just, you know, fills us with fear almost. Maybe those are the times where we need to actually stop. Maybe those are the times where God is, uh, is, is is getting our attention, where God has is creating that sort of burning bush moment, that something that almost seems familiar and yet somehow is not, because there's something different about it, that's making us stop and pay attention to it. And then the idea comes and we think, wow, no, that's not me. That's not me. That's 
far beyond what I'm capable of doing. Maybe just as he said to Moses all those years ago, he's saying to us now, yes, it is way outside of what you are capable of doing. But it's well within inside what I'm capable of doing. And if you will trust me, if you will listen to me, and if you will rely on me, I'll give you the tools, the skills, the words, the resources, the time, the space. So that once it's done, you and I can be that bit closer. Because you will have seen another glimpse, another angle to my glory. Maybe that's what God is saying to us. So, just as I finish, can I just invite you to think of an idea or a situation or a challenge that maybe has come up recently where you have dismissed it because it's way outside of what you're capable of? Maybe it's time to revisit that again. Maybe it's time for us now to be that little bit more observant and to be looking for those attention-grabbing, burning bushes. Because maybe God is asking you to start something or to get involved with something. Let me close, if I may, by praying. Father, thank you for this passage. And Father, would you help us to trust you in the ideas that you give us? Help us to rely on you. Help us to, to see you and hear you. That the things that happen, which are so far outside of what we're capable of, would bring glory to you, would spread your gospel, would spread your light, would spread your hope to so many people. And just as that message through Moses delivered the people out from oppression. So there are so many now that need to be delivered out of oppression. It seems too big for us to, to deal with. But Father, help us to trust you and to rely on you because it's not too much for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. 
I would love to hear from you and you can contact me by emailing me at rd.hayward at icloud.com. That's rd, which is A-R-D-E-E, dot Hayward, which is H-E-Y-W-O-O-D, at icloud.com. Until next time, goodbye.